Hello, everybody. It's a brand new episode of the Behind the Net podcast, and this time we actually get to talk about sports. That's right, sports. I put a plural there. There's more than one sports games happening this week, and that's not just the NBA. It's the NHL. As always, it's uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Michael, and join with me is my other co-host and partner in crime, Matthew. Hello, hello, and just as you said, we have. A lot of sports to get through today. Um, a lot. Hockey's back. Basketball is getting insanely interesting in, in more ways than just on the floor. And uh, yeah, NFL playoffs are underway. Just a whole lot to talk about this week. Yeah. You know, I just remembered something. Uh, you know, it's been one year since me and you saw the Leafs play the Devils and Blake Coleman and Austin Matthews each got hat-tricks. Oh, yeah, man. It, it feels like such a long time because we've it's just been so long since, you know, we've even been able to be in an arena together. I mean, like, people, we're, we still aren't at that point where, where people can be in a full arena together. So, man, good yeah. times. That was an amazing night. That was fun. That was an amazing night. Uh, was that the last sporting event you've attended? before the pandemic other than like ryerson events yeah other than like u sports Mm -hmm. that that was my last one yeah i think that was mine too but though i do remember uh being in in florida watching the blue Jays spring training game against the baltimore orioles yeah i was covering a story there but i was also watching the game and that was the, the same day everything uh it went crazy so that's probably the last one but that that's i kind of consider that the last one because uh Everyone I went to after that was just for covering. Oh, yeah. And, hey, you had some great stories at that time. And, if again, uh, if any listeners want to listen to that, you can go back to one of the episodes in March when the whole pandemic uh, forced sports to go on pause and, and everything started. Uh, I think we, we had an episode and we talked uh, with Keyshawn. I think you, you met him there, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. He was there. Mm-hmm. Interesting times. Uh, but, yeah, that that was a year ago, and, and that was fun. And, and uh that was the Austin Matthews hat trick uh, um, game, and, and that was really fun to watch. That was a really fun game to watch too. So you know what else was a year ago almost? Uh, the last regular season game the Leafs played in, and almost a year later, uh, a regular season game has actually been played. Played last night, actually, at the time of recording this, mm-hmm. uh, the Leafs played the Canadians on uh, Wednesday night. Pretty exciting game, uh, an overtime win, uh, but. There's a few things to take away from it. I'm not sure about you, but uh, overall, I have uh, some optimism and some worry. Yeah, let's hop right into it. Uh, and yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you there. I think there's there were a lot of signs of, uh, you know, a lot of signs of optimism, a lot of things to be uh, impressed by. Um, right, right, right off the bat with the new roster, um, we do know that the Leafs made a lot of different changes. Um, heading into the season especially in the offseason and um you know there are going to be both you know some pros and some cons to those changes but yeah i'm with you there a lot of uh a lot of impre- good impressions and a lot of uh little things to worry about what what are some things you uh that, that's been on your mind after after seeing the uh the team in play well i think the first one is uh william nylander for the heart trophy <laughs> <laughs> nylander has played amazingly and I mean, I'll let you talk about it for me as well. That was one of my high points. I think it's pretty obvious, but uh, I mean, Nylander was building on a very productive season last season, and it was unfortunate that the season was cut short and we didn't get to see what he would finish with in a full season, but it's good to see that he's starting this season off very hot. 
You know, all the talk uh, going into uh, Wednesday's game was about the top line of Matthews, Marner, and uh, Thornton, and how that line would work out. I think a lot of people forgot that Tavares was trying to work on improving his game, and same with William Nylander. And I think that they really showed that uh, they've really put in the work, and they're much different players than they were last time. I, I think Tavares might have gotten faster compared to last yeah, season. And, I know that something too. I, yeah, something I didn't expect to see, but a lot of people are like, man, Tavares needs to work on his uh, speed and his edge work. And I think that that got improved a lot. And I think that really helped William Nylander improve his game well. And uh, his shot has gotten better. I think he's got a bit of a one-timer and a slap shot, which I was on one of the goals. But that patience with the puck is uh, something we saw a lot of uh, last night. And I honestly think that William Nylander is going to prove his case that he is probably one of the most important Leafs on the team and the fans that uh, really don't like to see him succeed uh, they did not get uh, their wishes last night although they did win Mm -hmm. and like I said just like with last season Nylander was kind of showing that he's worth every penny of his contract if not more than his contract was and I think he's going to continue doing that this season and I'm with you that line that entire line was the story of the game um Jimmy VC, uh, John Tavares, and 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 uh, William Nylander, they really uh, excelled in that first game. And it's interesting because, of course, the big question heading into heading into the game or just heading into the season is how these new lines are going to work. Because a lot of the, may, pretty, I mean, we went we went over the lines last uh, last week, and they're all pretty much new. They're all new lines. Yeah, absolutely. And what I liked about uh, this second new second line is just the implementation of Jimmy VC. Yeah, he's probably not uh, Zach Hyman, just the way he plays the game. But I think Jimmy VC still has an untapped scoring potential. And I think we're going to be seeing him finally reach uh, the player that a lot of people were hoping he would be when he came out of college and went to the New York Rangers and that whole fiasco of his contract being traded Mm -hmm. all over the place. Uh, You know, it's always funny when people think about uh, how Nylander could have been a trade piece uh, for the Leafs to get Jimmy VC. Now they're on the same line. (laughs) Oh, but yeah. they, uh, yeah, but them playing together, I think, might make the best for Jimmy VC. And I honestly think, guys, uh, Jim, keep an eye out for him. He might be uh, the comeback story of the year. Mm-hmm. And he's 27 right now. He's not exactly young and up and coming again. But I think, like you said, there's some untapped potential there that um, he never really got to go uh, and, and prove. And I mean, again, he's on a very, he's on a, what, a one year contract with the Leafs, very, uh, low risk high reward type situation so um it's good that he's already kind of proving that he can uh be of value absolutely you know there was a lot of good things from the game last night chief among was a second line and just the the top line as well but there were some things that probably were some concern and something at least need to work on going forward there's already three that come up the top of my head but i want to hear what you have to say what you think were some things you did not like about the Leafs game last night? I'm gonna say uh, I wasn't in terms of defense. I wasn't. I wasn't all that. Uh, you know. I mean, the defense has been the, the Leafs' biggest woe for the longest time. And mm-hmm. although they made changes there, um, I don't think. Uh, you know, I I don't think it, it's improved that much. It just based off one game. Just remember, we are basing this off a very, very, very small sample size. You know, first impressions. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll just have to see how that um, kind of develops over the season. Um, that's definitely the biggest the biggest spot on the Leafs that they 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 hope will improve. Um, and also, uh, 
I don't know, uh, Freddie Anderson. I mean, we know how good he is, but he was just looking a little shaky as well. I agree with you on Freddie. Uh, he did not have a great first game. Uh, I, a couple of the shots were very stoppable pucks, especially mm-hmm. the fourth goal when mm-hmm. uh, Josh Anderson flew to the net and just got in. Too, when that shot that he put in was just too easy uh, to get by Freddie. You, that's, those are the kind of plays you're like, man, I would like to see you make a save here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I do think- want... Oh, I, I just wanted to add, I mean... I feel like this season is a really big season for Freddie to prove a lot of, you know, a lot of the doubters because if anything over last season, there's been a lot of doubters. And if anything, if, you know, there are a lot of talks about whether the, the Leafs will want to keep Freddie or move, move on from him. And, and I think that that chatter is still up in the air right now. So, you know, it's a big season for him and he needs to start impressing Absolutely. And for those who really want to see Jack Campbell, there's some more argument there and more uh, ammunition for like, hey, he deserves more chances. And we're going to see Jack Campbell get in his first game uh, this coming weekend when the Leafs travel to Ottawa to play the Senators on back to back nights, which is something I find very interesting about the schedule, just playing the same team on multiple nights. I wonder uh, just how that's going to work out with the goalies. Are they going to play the the same starter multiple times? Are they going to switch it up just to throw off the other team? But I digress. Uh, I I honestly think that Anderson just needs to get off to a better start. Mm-hmm. It's it's just hasn't been like that every single year he's been with the Leafs, and uh, no exceptions for this one. It's unfortunate to see because you always like to see Freddie just start just get off on the right foot. But uh, yeah, that's not a, wasn't a good start for him. But I think the big thing for me is the penalty kill mm-hmm. and also Zach Bogosian's uh, discipline. You, you probably saw it in the game, right? Yeah. Uh, his discipline. He took two careless penalties. Now, I understand that it's the first game. There hasn't been any preseason games prior, so they don't have a lot to uh, go off of and uh, a lot of reps. But they're very careless penalties that he took. And part of why he was brought in was to help with the penalty kill. So having him on the, on the box for two of those kills, uh, like how can you really know what value he provides? And... On the one of the penalty kills itself, in I think it was a second period, the Leafs gave up two egregious uh, breakaways. One was obviously stopped by uh, Anderson, but then the other one was a goal by uh, Thomas Tatar. So the penalty kill is still a work in progress. As we've said every single year, they still need to fix that. Oh, yeah. I'm with you there. When you start breaking down uh, yesterday's game like that, yeah, for sure. That was a, a big questionable thing. And I mean... Like we said, very small sample size. Um, Bogosian is, you know, kind of that sixth defenseman right now as well. So if he can work on that, you know, he already has a very small and sizable role um, on this Leafs team. So that's definitely something that needs to be worked. I do want to say another impression that I really had was uh, Wayne Simmons. I know we got to see a fight from him. And I mean, yeah. it feels like Leafs fights are, are so rare now. And it's great that, um, you know, Wayne Simmons said, you know, he, he knows the role that he's being brought in for. And uh, it was great to see um, right off the bat because I think that re- his fight really j- energized the team. And uh, I believe it was 3-1 when he got in that fight. And I mean, we know what happened after that. Absolutely, yeah. And it's not just uh, how he pl- how that fight energized, helped energize the team in a way that uh, propelled them to get to the two-goal comeback late in the period. But he actually played a really solid game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Offensively speaking, he was generating a number of scoring chances. His uh, presence on the first power play unit is a welcome one. I think his net front presence is something that the Leafs have missed since JVR left in free agency a couple of years ago. 
And, you know, he's on the fourth line right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if as the season goes along, he moves up into the third line, potentially even the top six. Mm-hmm. Wayne Simmons is still, there's still a lot of player left in him. And I was I think thinking the same bit thing. Of it. Yep. Well, Wayne Simmons is going to definitely prove that he's still got it. And it'll be such a shame to see him leave this season after this season because a lot of these fans are really excited to see him uh, like yourself. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, let's not forget. I mean, he's, he's been there. He scored 30 goals, what twice and, yeah. and came close. Like I think another two times, um, over the course of his, uh, his career. So he can, he can produce, he's a goal scorer. Um, you know, maybe he's not at that point anymore and he knows his role is more, more so on the physical side now, but he has it in him that, you know, right now he's playing on the fourth line, just like you said, but, um, he can still produce there. He can, if, if, uh, Sheldon Keefe wants to, uh, switch up the lines, he can definitely get more minutes to generate scoring chances like that. So, uh, it's going to be interesting. And that's something I'm really interested to see, uh, kind of develop over the season. Absolutely. You know, just one other thing I want to mention, just we have to shout out the Montreal Canadiens mm-hmm. because going into the season, there was a lot of talk that Montreal really improved and they're going to be a legitimate threat to try and crack into the top four of the uh, North division. And we saw it in spades last night. Uh, they're going to be a very tough outing uh, for the Leafs. So I have to ask you, like, I mean, Montreal is definitely one of those teams that's going to be uh, giving uh, Toronto fans fits, but uh which of the other six uh, teams in the North Division, or as we say, the Canadian Division, do you think is going to give the Leafs some fits? Um, honestly, I think, of course, Montreal. I think Montreal really is kind of the wild card of the whole division because mm-hmm. they've made a lot of changes. And, you know, they, I mean, just last season, they were expected to be a bottom-dwelling team. And, I mean, they did make the playoffs, and they actually defeated, uh, like, in their... Uh, in that first round, they they moved on and they were able to, uh, you know, still uh, show that they they can play despite the fact that you know I remember a lot of people were talking about how you know they only made it in because of the new format, but hey, they played well, so they uh, they're looking to surprise more people and they made a lot of changes. I think the biggest one was uh, shipping out Max Domi for uh, Anderson, Josh Anderson. Mm-hmm. That that was big, and now he's uh, he played great um, last night. So there's a lot of question marks on that team in the sense that um, positive question marks, like just a lot of changes and you, you don't know exactly if they're going to work out or not. But so far, I mean, be ready for them to work out. Um, and then other than that, honestly, Edmonton, I think Edmonton's ready to make that big, that, that, that next step, um, take that next step this season. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a playoff team last season. Uh, it's kind of for, unfortunate that both with Toronto and Edmonton, you know, um, last season Edmonton really showed that they're uh, not just you know that it wasn't just lucky you know like they they actually were a team that can contend um, to make the playoffs and um, kind of you know it was tough with the new playoff format to get knocked out in you know in the in the first elimination round but mm-hmm. um, I think this season they repeat that success and they make the playoffs you know kind of normally fair and square just like how uh, the, the the format's meant to be and yep. yeah i think they'll make a even bigger leap i th- i agree so too um and also just uh on top of that uh, montreal might be getting pierre luc brox there's rumors connecting him uh to the canadian so that if they get him that's going to be oh they're mm-hmm. going to be even tougher but mm-hmm. 
Just to just to answer my own question, uh, besides Montreal, I think another team that's going to be giving the Leafs fits all year long is uh, the Senators, actually. Now, by the time you hear this episode, it'll be just before uh, the, the Leafs mm-hmm. play their first game against Ottawa. Now, don't don't mistake it. I think Ottawa is likely not going to make the playoffs, but I also think they're not going to make life easy for their opponents. Uh, they did get better. There is some improvements all, all around on the forward, defense, and the goaltending front. So just in terms of just like they're always looking for something to prove and trying to build off of last season. And Stutzel is uh, going to be probably one of the best players in the NHL by the time he reaches his prime. So I'm Ottawa is going to be legit this mm-hmm. year. They're going to make things hard for the Leafs. So we're going to see that firsthand uh, this coming weekend. So don't uh, count out the centers is all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're really young and up and coming team. Uh, a lot of great young guys coming up. Um, and yeah, just like how Toronto in 2016, again, a young team, um, that year coming in and they made the playoffs that year. So I think the uh, senators could literally, uh, kind of shock, uh, shock the hockey world in that same, in that same way. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of hockey tonight as well. Uh, you know, starting uh, from yesterday onward, it's going to be nonstop hockey. So if you're uh, a big NHL fan, you're probably loving life right now. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, we just one game in, it's been a lot to, uh, digest already. And I just can't wait to see the rest of the season. 55 more to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think with that, we'll move on to basketball. And I think this is the, probably the biggest news of the week. Um, before we even get into any Raptors talk, the real big news was, uh, James Harden was traded to, um, the Brooklyn Nets. And the Houston Rockets acquired a big package of things from them. I want to pull up the entire trade. Um, but off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure it was um, Victor Oladipo. It was a four-team trade involving the Cavs, uh, the Pacers, the Rockets, and the Nets. And basically, the Nets got James Harden and the Rockets got Victor Oladipo, four first-rounders, and four pick swaps from Brooklyn. Um, and that's just insane. That is just insane. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? I just want to know your. Let's let's start with your um, initial thoughts. If you didn't think the Nets were probably the best team in the East, they certainly make their case now. And I really do think that uh, as chaotic of a situation it was at the start with Kyrie being Kyrie, uh, you know the the arrival of James Harden is just going to add some more uh, balance to the big three in Brooklyn. They're going to be scary good this year now that they have a, leg- a third legitimate scoring option. The only problem I have is just who's going to be getting the, the ball for the last shot because all three guys, KD, Kyrie, <laughs> and uh, James Harden, all pro- want the ball. I know James Harden's got experience of being the third option uh, back in his days in Oklahoma, but uh, I'm not so sure because now he's been the top dog for so many years. I'm not sure if, if how quickly he can transition back into that mentality of uh not being the guy mm-hmm. that's probably the only thing i'm curious about but you know they they paid a lot to get him and uh they're going to be really good but i'm also curious to see how the rockets do with victor oladipo i think he'll be really a really good fit there oh for sure i think victor oladipo is a huge a huge player in this uh in this trade a huge player in the nba right now obviously struggle with some injuries but uh he's a huge he's a great talent and uh you know I think it was hard 
to find a, the right spot for him. And honestly, I think the Rockets might even flip him for more, even more assets. Um, but don't don't underestimate his value. Um, but I will say uh, my initial thought was, yeah, like, I mean, we kind of saw this coming for a long time. And yesterday uh, we, we got the reports that it kind of, you know, trade talks were picking up and it was either going to be to Philly or for to Brooklyn. And uh, you called it all along Brooklyn. Um, I remember you said like weeks ago that you strongly believe it'll be Brooklyn. I thought maybe, you know, a trade around Ben Simmons would have made, you know, a lot more sense for the Houston Rockets in terms of assets. But hey, I mean, four first rounders and four uh, pick swaps, maybe that's much better <laughs> in the long run. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be crazy. I, I, I think we have a real big three again that we haven't seen since, you know, the Miami Heat in the sense that, you know, you have like two legitimate all-star caliber players and then while one another all-NBA um, caliber player in Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't seen that since the Miami Heat and uh, the Boston Celtics, big threes. And, uh, yeah, I think they're going to play great. Honestly, we know how Kevin Durant and James Harden, I, like you said, they, they like to play iso ball, but I think they can get it done and they can figure it out. The one thing, the one question mark now is Kyrie Irving. Um, I mean, I don't know what's up with him. Everyone, nobody knows what's up with him right now. Does he want to play? Uh, he's kind of just taking his own time off right now. Uh, whenever he decides to come back uh, and play again for the Nets, um, they have a huge big three there. But honestly, I feel like they were a little bit pressured into uh, into this trade, the, the Rockets, in the sense that Hey, Kyrie's not really playing right now, and then Spencer Dinwiddie um, was out uh, with injuries, so they had they had some uh, they had some holes to fill in the backcourt, and they were a little um, forced to, um, you know, make that trade for James Harden to get that immediate success, immediate help, and not just immediate, but you know, you're getting a, a high caliber, high elite talent player, um, and you're upgrading your team. So I think just a great. Uh, trade for the nets in general i gotta ask you how do you think this trade and how do you think like you know brooklyn now how did they have in how did they impact the rest of the nba well i think the first one is just uh this is a big blow to the uh, philadelphia 76ers as you know uh there was big talk that uh the 76ers could be the team that uh, snags up uh james harden in a trade and uh, they, they, I think they really dropped the ball on it, uh, mm-hmm. uh, pun unintended. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like I think that definitely affects the 76ers because the uh, 76ers are trying to uh, really prove that they're not a one and done team uh, as they were in 2019. Uh, they really haven't shown enough that they are ready to take those next steps, but uh, this definitely makes a huge blow to that. Um, the all the other teams in the East are going to definitely be taking a hit. Uh, I'll knock off a pedestal a bit, especially the the Milwaukee Bucks. After signing uh, Giannis, uh, they're trying to get to the NBA Finals, and this is definitely their biggest obstacle now, the, the Nets. And now I'm not, I'm not even confident. I'm not so fully confident that uh, they'll be able to get past them. In the NBA now, you need to have at least two or three quality superstars uh, lined up as- alongside you. And... If you compare the Nets big three to the Bucks big three, Brooklyn is going to edge them out to 100%. Mm-hmm. So if anything, the East is just now on notice that uh, 
they've got a lot of work to do if they want to catch up to the Brooklyn Nets because they are now the team in the East, and there's there's a pretty good chance that they might come out with a title oh, if, the, sure. if it's not the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I have to say, uh, this trade for the Nets was definitely finals or bust. That was what was on their mind. Um, this is them going all in. Um, all in on Kevin Durant, all in on Kyrie Irving, all in on James Harden, and uh, yeah, I mean, let's 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 be real. If they don't end up making the finals, you know that team's a, a disappointment, pretty much, right? Um, yeah. So we'll just have to see. And as of right now, um, they are sitting sixth in the East, seven and six uh, record, and Boston and Milwaukee and Philadelphia are the top three teams, but. If the Nets could figure this out, yeah, just the East better watch out because they can just steamroll right through it and and, and find themselves on top of the uh, conference. It's it's still very close uh, up upon those top eight teams, and you know what? I really like that the East is really competitive again. I really like that. I do agree with you too, but you know who else is this uh, this new Nets team is going to really hurt? It's the Raptors. Mm-hmm. The Raptors uh, just. Not never mind the slow starts of the regular season, but uh, now that there's a, yet another quality opponent uh, in their way, it's just the challenge to get back into the top eight is going to be much harder than it should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just looking at the standings, and I mean, uh, it's definitely still early on, but it's it's a lot harder for the Raptors who are sitting in lo- second last in the East. But <sighs> it's so tight, like Miami, who just went to the finals, um, like you know, last year. They are sitting at ninth in the whole Eastern Conference. You know, we're seeing teams like Atlanta and Charlotte, um, Orlando and Indiana, um, you know, a lot higher than people expected them to be. And still early, but that just shows how, you know, how competitive it's already starting off early on. So it's good to yeah. see. And you're completely you're completely right about um, the effects on the Raptors. And I think we'll use that to <laughs> um, transition into our Raptors talk. Uh, I mean... What really happened this week? They took one step forward. They won a big win um, over the Kings. I believe they scored the most uh, regulation points uh, in in franchise history. And then they suffered two steps back, two unfortunate losses, both to the Warriors and the Trailblazers, both buzzer beaters uh, coming down to the last shot and losing by one point. Both games, Pascal Siakam going for the buzzer beater and couldn't make either one of them, unfortunately. You know, um, I got I got to ask you, like, what do you think now? I think I think it's safe to say now is a uh, is long enough to see and to kind of form a proper impression on the Raptors. How worried are you about this team, and what do you think their um, I guess their competitive level is at? Well, I think probably the fear has to be up up now because uh, they. Before, if, if you could probably just like, okay, it's early in the season. There's a couple of bad games. Uh, it's no big deal. But now that we've seen uh, like 10 games, the, the Raptors are struggling. And I think that it has a lot to do with just a lot of term, turnover just from the last year and just a lot of uh, different faces coming into the uh, fold. But I think if there's any positives to take away from this all, Pascal Siakam is back to form. And Chris Boucher is legit. He needs to be in the starting lineup more. But I think also they just need to give some of the other guys on the bench more minutes. Like Matt Thomas, 
why isn't he getting more uh more responsibility mm-hmm. Did, it's, didn't they bring him in because he's got a good shot and he's got some decent defensive abilities like why can't we see him in the lineup more like those are some just questions that i'm i'm, I'm wondering just going into the down the, as the season progresses because uh if they don't make some changes fast and they don't uh just try something different the season's going to be lost mm-hmm. i completely agree it's kind of Again, we're we're in a shorter season as well, so you have less time to readjust everything. And I think we are inching towards that point where it's like, you know, we're already kind of hitting that reality of, hey, the Raptors might not be good this season, you know? Um, and you're right. They should just be trying, Nick Nurse should just be trying a lot of different things and trying to um, give more minutes to certain players and, and, and really trying to change up, uh, you know, the lineups and things. And, and things like that and trying to figure out what's wrong with this team um but i'll have to tell you like honestly i was looking at uh i was watching some cade cunningham uh highlights highlights last week um if the rafters do kind of bottom out i mean we talked about it the rebuild uh kind of the rebuild process uh if the raptors could land a top pick this is a, a great draft so i mean that would be interesting what do you think of that you know, like I was saying in the last episode when we were just discussing just uh, what would happen if the Raptors do fall out of favor this season and miss the playoffs, this is probably one of those times where it wouldn't be the worst thing to happen to this team. Because, uh, you know, going back to uh, when Kawhi left the organization, the importance of just having a big guy in your lineup is huge. A, a, su- a legitimate superstar. The Raptors haven't really had that since uh, Kawhi left and through no fault of their own they're, they're trying their darnest to recruit guys but you know it was hard to get that James Harden trade to work mm-hmm. it was hard it, they they were hoping and praying that Giannis would leave the the Bucks, and that didn't happen and now we're at a situation where they lost Serge Ibaka and Marcus All, and there's a legitimate possibility that they lose some more guys like potentially Kyle Lowry if he decides he wants to jump ship and go elsewhere so you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to acquire a legitimate superstar in free agency. It's probably going to be a while before that actually happens. But the most that they can do is acquire talent through the draft. And uh, that's not I'm not trying to discredit uh, Pascal because Pascal's really proven that he's a, he's he's legit, but I'm not I, I I'm not sure about you, but I'm, we're not fully sold on if he can be the guy in Toronto. And it might not be the worst thing to get the legitimate superstar that they need. And they might be able to get that in this draft with Cade uh, potentially going first overall. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a very deep draft. I was just looking at the top five. You know, there's a few, if not Cade Cunningham, there are a few, you know, with superstar potential. Um, unlike, you know, this the, the 2020 draft that just went by. Um, so, I mean, playing on everything that's been going on as well, if, if this is the season that has to be, you know, the Raptors kind of tanking season. I think it's it's okay because, you know, they've been displaced out of Toronto as well for a year. Um, things just aren't going as well as they already, like they, they were expected to. The fans can't even see the team, things like that, you know. Maybe it's okay. But aside from that, I like the point that you made um, about Pascal Siakam. You know, there, there are some worries about him. Can he be the guy or is he just not the type of player to be a number one option? Could the Raptors, you know, look for one in the draft? Um, but going on to Pascal Siakam, he actually had some great games this week. Even though the Raptors lost in those games, he scored his first triple double, and you know he's starting to look like um, he's returning to his form. 
do you think him returning to form is enough to help save the season? We'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, in already two games, he's gotten the final shot, and both times he's missed, like you mentioned. Uh, if he is the guy, he would have probably made both those shots. I know it's unfair mm-hmm. to say, but uh, you, when you give the, the ball to your best player, more often than not, they're going to come through in the clutch. And I think, if anything, if you remember from that 2019 round, Bar- uh, Pascal Siakam was the best second guy that in in the league that year like this the best second option and that's that's a really good thing to have you know there's no shame in being a scotty pippen because scotty pippen was an excellent player in his own right and i know like in his career like he only had maybe one year and a bit to show what would be what would be like if he was the number one guy but again he didn't lead the the bulls to a championship when he was the number one option and that's okay so if you're Pascal, it might he might just be the best number two option, and the Raptors will need to look for that number one. So I I hope to be proven wrong. I hope Pascal can prove that I can be more than just the number two. I can be the guy. But you know, just based on what we've seen so far, we're not too convinced that that will be the case. And that sucks to see because I will I would love to see him become the number one. A hundred percent. I mean, I think it really sucks because we saw him last season play like a top 15 a top 10 player at times and be the number one option and you know we kind of seen his fall from that level um pretty hard actually from you know what we saw in the bubble to now um it's still in him i think it, it is still in him to be that number one option type player that we saw all of last season it's just going to be a, hot, a lot harder to get to that point so honestly if we are facing a point where you know, we have to kind of pick a path for the Raptors for the rest of the season. I will say, I think a, a preferred one would be, you know, um, not not so much as a tank, but hey, if the Raptors are going to be, if this is the Raptors we will know this season, kind of, you know, a bottoming out team, you know, embrace it, get that top pick, get a possible franchise player or a player who can elevate and be in uh, a future number one option, play alongside Pascal Siakam as a number two, and you can quickly very quickly uh, accelerate a rebuild like that. Let me put it to you this way. The Raptors could have done the easy thing and just, just package off Pascal Siakam to try and get James Harden and attempt mm-hmm. to try and salvage the season. But they didn't for a reason. As much as they don't re- they're not 100% sure if Pascal can be the guy, they definitely think Pascal is part of the future plans for this team. And I think that you're right. The best course of action is just to stay the course, see what happens. Maybe this Raptors team can catch fire uh, as the season progresses and uh, make it to the playoffs. But, you know, like I said, it's not the worst thing in the world if this season it becomes a lost one because the draft is looking pretty good this year. And it would be it would be something for the Raptors to get a number one pick for the first time since 2007? Is <laughs> yeah, it oh, yeah. 2007? 2006, Andrea Bargnani. <laughs> Well, certainly he'll be better than Andrea Bagnani <laughs> if the Raptors get the number one pick. What's the uh, what's the saying? Fade for Cade? Is that the the motto for this year? Well, if it isn't, uh, it, I'll, we're gonna make it that way. Fade for Cade. <laughs> Fade for Cade. That'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's a great course for the Raptors, and we'll just have to see how it plays out. But yeah, it's looking very the the, the climb the mountain that the Raptors have to climb is getting steeper and steeper. 
Just wanted to pause the conversation to remind you guys that our podcast also has a Twitter page. If you want to keep track of the latest episodes, if you want to send in your questions or just want to hang out, that's definitely the place for you. It's at Behind the Net Pod. That's B-E-H-I-N-D-T-H-E-N-E-T-P-O-D. Hope to see you there. Now back to the show. But you know what else is uh, looking pretty good uh, just from the mountaintop? The Cleveland Browns. You oh, guys yeah. are probably feel on, on cloud nine after oh, last yeah. weekend's game against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, this is the time to be on cloud nine. Um, we have a big game still ahead of us. Uh, but, you know, the, the Browns have been proving the doubters wrong all season. They proved the doubters wrong again in the wild card round. And, you know, I'm not going to say anything specifically about it, but the next game is against the Kansas City Chiefs. It kind of yeah. speaks for themselves, speaks for itself in the in terms of kind of the difficulty that that, that game will um, pose for the Browns. But like I said, it has been a big season for the Browns, proving the haters wrong, proving the doubters wrong, and just showing off their consistency that they can be a playoff team, that they are a playoff team, and uh, they can get their, you know, their team really functioning um as one and 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 you know like i said i never set the expectations too high but they've been exceeding all expectations so all i'm going to say is sunday at 305 is going to be fun it's going to be an interesting game it is a big game uh, and not just for proving legitimacy for the browns but i just also it's a big matchup between uh, baker mayfield and uh, patrick mahomes mm-hmm. uh I believe that there was a big college matchup between the two QBs uh, a few years ago, and uh, Baker came out on top on that one. So there's probably some confidence for Browns to say, hey, maybe uh, this is poss- possible that uh, the Browns can win this one. And this is putting you know. Baker Mayfield on a, on a huge stage as well. I mean, going up against the the best quarterback in the whole league. Um, and when you, you know, when you're put on that, you know, there's been so much doubt around him as well. Um, you know, if he is a, a quarterback that could take the Browns all the way, things like that. And, uh, you know, I don't want to jinx it or anything, but can you imagine, like, if the Browns, you know, toppled the, the Chiefs? Like, the Chiefs, who everyone is expecting to repeat this uh, this season, you know, th- I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't want to jinx it, knock on wood, but wouldn't that be crazy, right? Like, this is just a, a big game. Uh, again, not setting my expectations too high because um, I'm just going to let it play out. But, I mean, yeah, just, just a, a huge stage for, for both clubs to be on. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, the the Cleveland Browns, I don't think they've been this far in a long time. I'm going to say the 90s was the last time that they were in this position. So just for the city of Cleveland, like just having success for their team is a bit is it's just big for them. Mm-hmm. And it just gives them it gives the city encouragement that this Browns team is legit, that they're this is not just a one and done uh, team that they'll be uh, be around for a while. Because mm-hmm. uh, the one thing that we've been talking as NFL fans can agree on is the Browns have been suffering for too long. I, the only team that would probably disagree with that is the uh, Steelers. They're probably going to say, no, they, they haven't suffered for long enough, <laughs> but oh, uh, they, they got to they had a, and I just got to talk about that game for a second. Cause I cannot imagine a game is ever going to go the way that that one did in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Like the four touch consecutive touchdowns. That's the, Browns had two of them, I believe, were pick sixes, or at least one of them was. It was wow. It was wild. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I had to work that day, so I, I tuned in after, and yeah, it was it was crazy. Like, it was a crazy first first impression just checking the score, you know? Um, it was very surprising, but in a good way. And 
yeah, it was it was a crazy game. Absolutely. You know what else was a pretty good game uh, that weekend was the Bills mm-hmm. beating the Indianapolis Colts. Their first playoff win since 1995. They're off to the divisional round, and uh, it almost didn't happen that way because uh, it came down to the last play, a uh, mm-hmm. Hail Mary throw from uh, Phillip Rivers that uh, could have easily been uh, caught for a touchdown. But there was some controversy in the game. There was a... Uh, a fumble that wasn't called a fumble, and a lot of people were saying that it should have been a fumble, but it ended up not being that. So you know, you must have been Bills, relieved. It was yeah, relieved is definitely it, yeah. the word I would describe <laughs> how I felt afterwards because the knowing the Bills, the history of the Buffalo Bills, it's just nothing but heartbreak. So that game, the way the game was going, had the perfect storm for another tough blow for the Buffalo Bills. But they came through, they uh, they got the win. Josh Allen played amazing. The defense. We'll not talk about the defense. Uh, seems to be the case with all the teams I cover. I, I follow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know they they played well. Uh, hopefully they they play another big game because Baltimore uh, is is probably the the hottest team in the NFL and Lamar is playing with something to prove. Oh yeah, and it's I, I'm this QB matchup is probably. Besides the Browns and Chiefs, probably the most exciting game of the weekend. Mm-hmm. This weekend's going to be fun. Big games. Big games just all around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, another big game for your Bills. I think you guys had to kind of came out, uh, you know, a more nerve-wracking game in the wild card round. So um, let's hope, you know, that they, they can start out strong. Uh, that's what they'll need to do on uh, on Saturday for sure. And uh, on, on my Cleveland Browns, uh, I'll leave it on the note of uh, – yeah, I mean it's just gonna be a uh, a big a big a big game, but I think no matter what happens, I think the the Browns should be happy with uh, how the season uh, how the season went because I think it's just the beginning for them. I think now they are they have proven that they are a playoff contender. You know, uh, a lot of great games this weekend as well. This past weekend as well uh, on the NFC side of things, uh, it's not there's not just the AFC. Uh, we saw a great game from the uh, office. I'll just quickly mention the Titans and the Ravens played a really good game. Uh, Ravens uh, needed that win. But on the uh, NFC side of things, uh, the Saints just steamrolled the Browns, the Rams, the Bears, the big, Bears, uh, the big, the Rams, the Bears, sorry, the Rams with a big upset win over the Seahawks and the Bucks just barely squeaking by the football team. And on, on, well, we'll just look at the uh, NFC matchups in the divisional round. We got the Packers versus the Rams, and we got the Saints versus the Bucks. Of those two matchups, which one do you like the most? Which one intrigues you the most? The one that intrigues me is Saints and Bucks because, um, like like we said, I feel like following the Bucks this whole season and, and into this playoff run has been one of the more intriguing things. The entire, uh, you know, kind of the more intriguing storylines even to cover. Um, for the most part, so just seeing how they'll do as well during this uh, against the Saints, who we know as well are a very good team, very good team, and they have a lot to prove. Uh, they're they're literally looking to um, you know prove a lot there. Um, so that's my that's my pick for the game that I'm more going to be more tuned into. I agree. That's a really good matchup. Uh, Brady versus uh, Brees should be an mm-hmm. interesting one because they're both quarterbacks over the age of forty. But on the other side of things, I, I have to mention the Rams and the, the, the Packers. For you know, sure. Aaron Rodgers is trying to win another Super Bowl, trying to improve his uh, legacy. 
and uh, just just show that he he is uh, one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. But on the uh, Rams side of things, they just played an excellent defensive game against uh, an offensive unit that uh, what people were calling to be one of the best in football, headlined by Russell Wilson, and they shot him down very effectively last weekend. So if the Rams are going to move on to the uh, NFC uh, championship uh, game, it's going to be because of the defense. So I'm just curious to see how those two teams will match up against one another. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so that'll be interesting, and we will see how that plays out the, all this weekend. It's gonna be it's gonna be a really, a really fun weekend. Oh yeah, it's uh, we're getting closer to the Super Bowl uh, Sunday, uh, and I'm hoping that uh, well, you know what? I'll say this: I hope that in the AFC Championship game, it's my my Bills versus your Browns. It would be. <laughs> I don't know how would we feel going into that matchup, but it would just be a fun one. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. It's definitely going to be uh, fun, and I would love to see that. I think the the I think the episode, um, probably after that, whoever <laughs> team wins, it'll be it'll be a fun episode to record as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I mean, uh, now with the NFL talk done, uh, it's been kind of a slow season in baseball. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about baseball? I guess really the only thing we can talk about is DJ LeMahieu. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned his name uh, a few times uh, over the podcast as a potential target for the Jays. I remember hearing something that uh, he's not happy with talks with the uh, with the Yankees, and he's going to look elsewhere for a contract. Now, I know the Jays missed out on uh, Francisco Lindor in that big blockbuster trade between the, uh, the Indians, uh, Cleveland, and... Uh, the Mets, but there's also still George Springer and a lot of other guys uh, that that could help really help the Blue Jays. I guess really what I'm trying to say is, if it's not George Springer, it's not Trevor Bauer, is DJ LeMahieu a player that could really help this uh, Blue Jays team? And do they have a shot at getting him? I think so. I mean, I think those three are the obvious. Uh, you know, acquiring one of those three, I think, is a goal for the Blue Jays. Um, let's not forget, you know, they said they would make a splash, um, this off season. And, you know, if they don't, if they come out of the off season with not like not even one of those three, I think it, it will not only look bad, but it is kind of, uh, you know, missing out on opportunities to upgrade the team. Um, but I would say, keep your eyes on, uh, the real prizes, the two, which are, uh, Trevor Bauer and George Springer. I think those are the two prizes. And, uh, of course, it gets a little complicated because, you know, do you still send an offer to DJ LeMahieu? Um, yeah, I mean, we're just going to have to see. But I, I definitely think you keep your you keep your eyes on uh, Springer and Bauer mainly. And I think DJ uh, LeMahieu would be nice, but I don't think he should be a priority. How about you? Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, LeMahieu would definitely be the nice piece. But uh, I think a lot of Blue Jays fans have their eyes set on uh, George Springer, and rightfully so. Like they, George Springer would definitely give the Blue Jays the biggest boost uh, in all fronts, and I think he'd be the biggest acquisition the Jays have had since uh, Josh Donaldson arrived in uh, a trade back in 2014. Mm-hmm. And same thing with uh, Troy Tulowitzki in the same 2015 season where uh, they made a inspired run to the uh, ALCS. So you know, for a Jays team that hasn't really had many uh, big name players come join the team via free agency. And uh, uh, it's like 
now that I mentioned it, Ryu is another one as well. Ryu was definitely a big name player, but I'm just saying like they could use some more of those. And drink George Springer would help put this team in the direction that they're legit. Last year was not a one and done thing. They are not just uh, taking advantage of the playoff format. They are here to stay. And I think that that's what a George Springer signing would mean for this team. Oh, for sure. For sure. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. Of course, it gets difficult because, you know, it happens a lot of times where teams, uh, you know, want to make an offer on a player, but then hold out or, or, you know, or they make multiple offers and they don't make enough of an offer on a certain player that they feel like they should have got. So I think they should just focus on the two and, and see how it plays out. Absolutely. Uh, so I think we're just cutting down to the, uh, the end of the episode here, but I, before we go, I, I think we have an announcement to make Matthew, why don't you uh, do the honors for this one? Yeah. So, I mean, we're actually looking for uh, a producer for the show. If anyone out there has audio experience, uh, anything like that, uh, has experience, uh, cutting together audio or recording and also, um, you know, even helping us with uploading it, that would be great. Uh, yeah, just, uh, message us uh, or DM us or tweet us at our, um, at our podcast uh, Twitter at Behind the Net Pod on Twitter. Yeah, definitely, we'd love to to see see you work with with whoever is interested. Uh, Behind that Pod is probably the best place for that, uh, and also for our, our own Twitter accounts. Uh, mine is at the least IMO, and mine is at Matt Rod Matt underscore Rodrigo underscore. And yeah, hopefully uh, you can one of you guys can join us. Uh, it would be awesome, and uh, hopefully uh, we get to talk to you soon. But really, just uh, yeah, we're looking for that producer. We're just really reiterating that we're looking for it. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, and that's all for this week. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Um, hopefully with a lot more, a lot more crazy sports news, and hopefully with some more Raptors wins. <laughs>